Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's the SCB Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. We are very, very pleased to be part of the Variety Sports Network. And, of course, we are coming to you from the Bradshaw Bourbon Studios, which I've added my bourbon to some hot water, honey, lemon, and a few other fine things. In other words, it's a hot toddy, which... Well, that happens when you got a head cold. Anyway, cousin, they're delicious. Oh, they are spectacular, and it's going down really, really well tonight. Uh, hello to everybody as they jump in on the chat, all of our usual regulars, and we always welcome anybody else that wants to come in too. Thanks to everybody that listens and watches on their own. Um, we are are thrilled to have you guys uh, join us each and every week. Obviously, we're going tonight because the Steelers will be in action on Thursday night. Um, and um, I, I don't know what the hell happened on Sunday, but we're going to dive into that. Uh, we're going to go, uh, we're going to get Ian's thoughts. He was live on the scene um from uh the the stadium where there were multiple delays because of lightning when did we become such a wuss society lightning for god's sakes get out there and play football and uh all that other stuff but uh gentlemen welcome let me ask the most uh, important question i've already disclosed what i'm drinking tonight um scarps what are you uh, enjoying this fine tuesday evening uh i have a little bit of pedo grigio Sophisticated. Pino Grigio. Sophisticated. Is that the Is that a is that a wine spritzer there, Scarps? It's Pinot Grigio. It's just it's no, just wine. A spritz. Yeah. Oh, I'm just I'm just wondering, you know, oh, how thought, fancy you were getting. Bad. I thought you were busting uh, then. Sorry. I, I was Ben, uh, ben Rocking how fancy uh, you were getting. The Brady and Belichick are Jagoffs shirt tonight. And uh, as we were talking about before the show, I, you know, not too much longer. He'll be able to wear that. But uh, either way, it's a fantastic look. Uh, what are you drinking tonight, Ben? Uh, I haven't decided yet. Probably going to drink some. I don't know. He's, he's, he's got like a huge cart next to him, just loaded with booze. Uh, Blade and bow. I like the sound of that. That's, that's some fancy whiskey. Maybe we'll give that a shot tonight. Kentucky right. bourbon. Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. B- bl- what was it called? Blade and Bow. Man, that's a tough name. I like that. Yeah. Uh, Ian, did you make a choice? I know you had it narrowed down. I did. I did make a choice. So I'm actually not drinking whiskey tonight. I am drinking mount gay barbados rum and it is delicious outstanding I'm, I'm drinking it just like whiskey on the rocks in a glass so all right if all he right. is uh, pretending that he's someplace warm that's right yes. he is, uh, after after sitting through that cold rain multiple delays on sunday yeah, yes I'm, I'm thinking about barbados and the rum that is made there so it's delicious. Let, let me uh, just just get right to it, Ian. You 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 were there at the yeah. game, and 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 as someone who has sat through bazillions of weather delays for my son's uh, sports career, um, I, I know what it's like. What I don't know what it's like is to do it with sixty thousand of your closest friends. Um, what the hell was that setting and that scene like when the team's playing like shit? The weather keeps interfering. What what what's what's the vibe like around there? I mean, I mean, the vibe wasn't good to begin with. Um, 
so getting close to halftime, the sky's getting darker and I'm kind of looking up, you know, it's starting to sprinkle a little bit. And the, the weather, the, the weird thing about the weather was on Saturday, it said, you know, there's a good chance it's going to rain tomorrow. I wake yeah. up Sunday morning, I check my phone, the forecast says, oh, there's like a 30% chance of rain. It had gone down. It was just yeah. in like a one hour time window. The rest of the day was clear. Like the, the little icon on the weather channel was just a cloud. There wasn't even any rain coming out of it. Right. So I was like, all right, you know, I'll bring a jacket that can work in the rain, but I'll, you know, be prepared for it not to rain. And then, you know, the, the skies opened up and it started to rain pretty hard. And the the wind wasn't blowing so much in the stadium, but the flags up on top were, were moving pretty good. So you could tell higher up the wind was going. Okay. And then, you know, the Cardinals drive it down 99 yards right before halftime. Right. Uh, and or was that? Yeah, that was right before yeah, halftime. Yeah, before half. And then, you know, they have the ball inside the 10-yard line. And all of a sudden, there's a flash across the sky, and the whole stadium does that ooh thing that people do whenever they see lightning. Of course. And and uh, I think it was a the the very next play was the touchdown that got called back, and then uh, at that point, when they went to review, a bunch of people started getting out of the seats. We left yeah. our seats. We got you know down into the great hawks. We're on the lower level. Right. Um, and then they overturned the call, made it an incomplete pass, and then they ran another play and scored a touchdown. <laughs> right. And at that point, it was pretty much like the Steelers kneeled it out and went into half, and that was it. And you know, we're all kind of checking the radar on our phones in the Great Hall. They actually put the radar up on the, the TV screens, and okay. everyone's kind of looking at it like, you know, this is going to pass us by. We'll probably be able to play again. Of course. And, you know, maybe halftime gets extended a little bit, but they're already in the locker room. So it should be should be good after that. So halftime gets extended. They're not really making many announcements or anything. Just kind of pops up on all the TV screens, uh, you know, and we got fairly far into the Great Hall. Like, you know, play will resume at whatever it was, 3 p.m. or 3.20. And. You know, and, and the stadium staff did a pretty good job of keeping people, mm-hmm. you know, back into the Great Hall. So everyone's, you know, kind of trying to take peeks out, see if the sun's poking out. And, yeah. um, you know, I'm checking Twitter because I'm getting more information on Twitter than they're giving us in the stadium. Yeah. And I'm standing there with my dad who we're just kind of like, oh, well, we'll see what happens, you know. And uh, and we're just kind of talking about the game at that point. Like, oh, shit, you know, so Arizona's going to get the ball to start the second half. we got to figure out a way to stop them. This could get go from bad to worse. And, right. So there's a little delay. We come back out, and and I can only think of one other time in my Steelers going career, and it was during a preseason game where there was lightning in the area, but it was during warm-ups of the game, so they just started the game late. Yes. But other than that, I I can't think of any times I've actually been there when a game was delayed. Like I, I couldn't. So this think was of any a, other. a rare experience, and especially for you know thunder and lightning in the beginning of December in Pittsburgh is weird. Mm. It was like. It was like 52 degrees. It was it was relatively warm. So, yeah. you know, we all get back out to our seats. And um, how, know, how was the crowd attendance at that point? At that point, it, it wasn't bad. Not many people okay. left at halftime. Right. Um, when people really left, when I saw people like pouring out onto the street was the second delay. The once second. The, the second and, and the second delay once again happened when Arizona was driving. There was a bolt of lightning and they scored a play or two later. Yeah. And so both of Arizona's first two touchdowns were preceded by lightning. 
So that was fun. And thunder that was kind of rumbling. And yeah, uh, so, yeah, it, at that point, you know, when they, they said, you know, teams are going back to the locker rooms, fans need to get out of the seating bowl and seek shelter on the concourses or in the great hall. There was a lot of people that left at that point. And the, I'd say, you know, we stuck it out just to kind of see how long it was going to be because checking the radar at that point, it looked like there was kind of just one cell that was pretty sure. bad. And once it moved through, they'd be fine. Um, but there was more thunder and more lightning at that point. And I'm texting my wife and she's like, we had like almost hail here. Like it was pretty strong, you know, and I live like a couple, couple miles outside the city. So not that far, but didn't see any hail or anything at yeah. three at Heinz field, but, or Acrisure stadium or whatever it is. But, uh, you know, it, I think the second delay was the harder one because we'd yeah. given up another touchdown and, you know, Kenny's out. And, and at that point, a lot of people had just had it. They were they had it. like, it's yeah. halfway through the third quarter. And my dad and I were kind of like, we'll stick it out. We'll see if they, they come out and actually do anything. Cause that, that second touchdown they scored was after the Mason Cole's terrible snap that gave him a short field. And right. kind of like, we'll see if they do anything. If they get back in this, we're going <laughs> to stick it out. And then, uh, so we, we hung around until, uh, the Cardinals pinned us like back inside the five yard line. And we not only did we go three and out, but with uh -huh. like 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter down two touchdowns, we right. showed zero urgency, right? They were, right. they were huddling up. They were snapping the ball with five seconds left in the play clock. They, they showed no sense of like, we need to pick this up and get things moving a little bit to try and get back and win this game. And at that point we're just like, and then Killebrew got that penalty after the punt and they had the ball in the 30 yards. His third penalty. His third yeah. penalty. Your special teams captain. Yeah, we're just like, F, at that point, it's like, F this. They're done. We're, we're out of here, you know? Yeah. Um, so that was that was kind of the the vibe of it. But there was, I'd say, less than half of the stadium that came, oh, le yeah. less than half the fans that came back yeah. after that second delay because at that point, you know, I it, think, it, it, especially it for people that like, have to drive, it's a long, you know. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't they feel to I, you like they were just they were just in quicksand. Like I mean, it, it just like constantly they just couldn't get out of their own fucking way. I mean, it's just constantly mistake after mistake after mistake after. I mean, pre-snap penalties, just dumb shit. All varieties of mistakes. It and, was yeah. honestly yeah. they were mental they mistakes were, were terrible. Yeah. They were rolling up until they up until Kenny got hurt. Like their first drive, they, they drove it down. Well, they hit that nice pass to Pickens. Yep. Um, they had to settle for a field goal, but it was kind of like, all right, we can move the ball on this team. Then they got a defensive stop, got decent field position back and we're moving the ball again, drove it all the way down to the one yard line. And, you know, I was, I was all for going for it. You yeah. Know, when, when Kenny, when Kenny fell down and got stopped, I was like, they need to go for this. They need to try and punch this in. And then when Kenny got hurt, I was kind of like, ooh, you're going to bring in a cold quarterback off the bench to run a fourth and one play from the goal line. Maybe you should think about kicking this. And then they put him in shotgun. And I was like, this play's doomed before it starts. You're putting Mitch Trubisky, who hasn't taken a snap in a game in weeks since yeah. Kenny got hurt that other time. And I'm like, this is a bad move here. This it just seemed the the vibes on that play just seemed bad after you know Kenny had to get taken off. Mitch comes in and they put him in shotgun. I was like, this is, and I was like, I wonder if they're just gonna you, try you and draw him off sides. And and then they got stuffed. And and that was yeah, that was that was the momentum turning point in the game. And after that, you're right, it was just 
it was what I call compounding mistakes. So like if, if you're mm -hmm. playing a, mm -hmm. a game of chess and you lose a piece, right, then you try and make up for it by making these super aggressive moves and then wind up losing three or four more pieces because you start playing stupid. So it's, yeah. it's like that is making compounding mistakes I, that they just played stupid. And I'll be done now because I talked for a while. Go yeah. ahead, Ryan. Uh, no, so Ian, I you you brought up a point, and and Big Ben's Burger did. It said I had a monumental week on Twitter because people don't like facts and objectivity. Um, Damn you and your facts. He, here's where I disagree with you, and this is this is what frustrated me from the replies on Twitter this week. And you said like we were rolling. Pickett's first two throws, he connected with Pickens on both of them for 51 yards. Mm -hmm. He ended up seven of ten. For 70 yards. So that means that he was five of eight on his final throws for 19 yards. And then after the first drive where we inexplicably, yes, <laughs> had to kick a field goal because we can't get out of our own way. We went three and out. Then we had a drive where we didn't go three and out, but we had the punt. Then we had another three and out. And then we had the drive where Kenny got hurt. So I disagree. I don't think we were rolling at all. I thought we missed opportunities against a shitty defense. And wow. and whether whether the picket maniacs want to want to believe this or not, he literally got hurt because he refuses to either time a throw, stay in the pocket, or trust his offensive line. And I know they have their problems too, but like mm -hmm. literally, it is his own fault that he got hurt. And I was told, oh, Pickett was, he was killing it before he got hurt. Seven of 10 for 70 yards. Oh, holy average Batman. Oh my God. Like it yeah. is so frustrating right now where this team is. And I'm not even saying we lost because of Pickett. I don't think he was the main reason we lost at all, but he's part of a major problem. And yeah, he gets hurt all the time it's it's the fifth time in and i believe 24 career games he's yeah. left i i don't i don't disagree with you ryan on the, on yeah. the and i never pick on you but i you know what i'm gonna no move no this no, week, it's, no it's fine no that's that's a that's a very fair point that you know we we did we did have those those you know three and outs yeah. of those two short drives when we could have we we could have put more points on the board to, to distance ourselves early from this team. And we right. let them, we let a bad team hang around and you see what happens. But Ryan, to your credit last week on the show, you said, Hey, we're going to need to score 40 or no, no, 40. we're going to need to score 24 points to beat this team. And lo and behold, they put 24 on the board. So props to you, Ryan. Wait till you hear my prediction for this week. <laughs> <clears throat> um, two things. One on that, that attempt where Kenny got hurt. He, he did, he followed the play. He had one read and then he was supposed to dive. And I, I think it's a horrible play selection. I also think that Ben would have looked at that and been like up your ass. I'm not running that. That's stupid. And he would have seen an open Calvin Austin in the corner and gone touchdown. Okay. Yeah. I didn't run what you said, but we scored. Right. So it's all good. <laughs> and, right? and it would have had to have been timed, but you're right. If if it was Ben, it would have been timed. It would have been a yeah. touchdown, no doubt. Yes, no question. And th the other thing, and we talk about this on this show all the time. You you made the point before about how they couldn't get out of their own fucking way in the red zone, and they that's been a theme all season. Yeah. And the teams that win consistently score touchdowns in the red zone. Even Mason fucking Rudolph, who sucks, 
can move the ball between the twenties. All right. He can. So mm-hmm. if you want to be better than Mason, you got to score touchdowns. You got to do it. And I, I agree with you. I don't think that Kenny's the reason they lost, but I think that Kenny was incredibly mid on Sunday, as the kids would say. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I noticed the rainbows uh, on Sunday and being a fan of the late, great Ronnie James Dio, I was thinking of the, the rainbows in the dark there as they spread across the black sky. And I, I'm just thinking to myself, where are these rainbows going? Because there's no pot of gold. It's got to be a pot of crap uh, be, because it, it just it just got worse and worse. And, and Ben made the point that it looked like these guys, the, the Steelers were just in mud or in, in, in quicksand, whatever, the, as the game got longer and longer, out it of got it. worse and worse. And, and it, it felt like that way to me, Ryan. And <laughs> I'm telling you right now, man, that 99-yard drive was, a killer. was just – Well, you know, what, what they did was and, – and it was brilliant. I, I have to give the Cardinals coaches fucking credit. They came out with a great, great, a great game plan. Landon Roberts goes out right before yep. that drive. That was okay. Huge. And their game plan was already we're going to attack these off the ball linebackers. He goes out, and it was over. They were rushing for two yards a clip before he went out. After that, it was a little bit over five. Yep. It's just it's shit like that that you know, kills you. And he couldn't. People weren't getting set. There was nobody there calling the fucking lots of communication. Oh my God. And it was such a pain in the ass. You know, the, the thing that's infuriating about it is that, is that, um, Gene Sterator said that that Trey McBride first play should have been a touchdown. It should have stayed. I thought it was. And, and the refs like (laughs) incomplete. It's like, Jesus Christ, who we don't even know what it is anymore. But I want to say that, Besides James Conner, who was very quiet early on, and Trey McBride, who's the only guy on offense that you know of besides Kyler Murray? Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, and he yeah. didn't do anything. He was hurt. He had he three up. targets. He didn't do anything. Nope. And you got guys like Greg Dortch, who dropped a ball, and that would have been really nice. Their other guy, Michael Wilson, didn't even play. And nope. then you got Higgins, who made some big plays. And then Michael Carter who had a huge game. I mean, he broke so many tackles. We couldn't yeah. get him on the ground. Yep. And I'm sitting there thinking like, Jesus Christ, nice. like Jesus Christ. Like once again, man, this so-called great defense can't handle a half decent quarterback or team or, or well, offense. We, we got guys at linebacker that, right. that literally were unemployed four weeks ago. Uh, one of them was on the practice squad for three weeks. We're going to have two guys this week who, I don't who disagree. were absolutely unemployed. Okay. You got Trenton no. Thompson playing safety, and that dude cannot tackle. He's athletic, and he's you know he's okay. He can make some plays in the ball. The dude cannot tackle at all. And so they were just sending it right up the middle. Yep, let's just go up the middle. Let's just run it past TJ and fucking Alex Highsmith. And, you know, we'll so do I, this I wanna, instead. I want to address this this issue of uh, did we take the the Cardinals lightly? Because uh, obviously Mike Tomlin is saying uh, no, no, that's that's not the case. We don't do that here. But you had uh, Jalen Warren, Deontay Johnson, Dan Moore to an extent, all pretty much say uh, Mason Cole. Mason Cole, yeah, we 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 kind of took them lightly. Uh, Ian, what what is that? 
signal to you as a fan when you hear that? Uh, well, I mean, first and foremost, they're not on the same page, which is very rare for a Mike Tomlin team. Usually his, usually his teams are all on the same page from a communication standpoint that, you know, this is the message we're going to say about what happened in the game and, um, you know, what, whatever happened out there, good, bad, or indifferent, like, you know, here's, here's the message we're going to put out there to the, the fans, the media, whatever it is of, of why, what transpired on the field transpired. And they are just not cohesive at this point in any respect, whether it's, you know, they're, they're not cohesive as far as their play on the field. They're not cohesive as far as the message they're putting out in the locker room. It's, it's just not a good look overall. They just, they're, they just don't seem like a team. They, they seem like a collection of individuals. Sorry, Matt. Yeah. Ryan, what, you know, you've been in that locker room, you, you know, when things are said that don't exactly jibe with what other people are saying one quick. Yeah, go ahead. And I want to, and then I want to get Ryan's perspective on this specifically. The thing that bothers me about players saying, I think we took them too lightly. Yes. is not that they're saying it because obviously you fucking took them too lightly. It's that they're taking it to the media. Yes. I don't have a problem with them talking about it at all. That's exactly where I wanted this conversation. The problem I have is that they're not keeping it in-house. It should be discussed among players and coaches. Why do we take these guys too lightly? What's going on? What do we do? Let's talk about what we did. Let's point the finger back at us. Instead, it seems like a handful of guys are kind of pointing the finger to everybody else. Well, except for Jalen Warren. He he did he was he seemed embarrassed. But no, and 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 Matt Mason Cole, excuse me, he he didn't finger point. He just said, you know, I thought we had a great good practice, things went well, and then the game started, and it just seemed like we didn't, you know, we I just mean, didn't it, rise it, to the occasion. And it was everything. It wasn't, you know, we we, we didn't do this well, or we didn't do there was tons of stuff they didn't do well. Yeah, it just tons. feels like there were a couple of guys who who are kind of pointing fingers as opposed to yeah, looking at themselves and you know and going it's it's going to be okay. We'll we'll get it right. Don't worry, but it just kind of feels like there's some finger pointing going on there. And that's well that's what's concerning to me. Is that just about frustration or you know, what the fuck? Is it locker room leadership? To me, that's where that's where I look. I'm like, why aren't the vets tying this shit up yeah. going, what are you doing? So somebody, you know, uh, a, a Watt, a Hayward should be given the evil eye anytime a camera's in, or in front of a guy's face like, hey, don't say anything stupid kind of a thing. But, yeah. Ryan, what, what what's your, your take on this? Mm, I could talk about this forever. Um, I understand post-game remarks, yep. heat of the moment, um, and, you know, I, I – I, I, Jalen Warren's a young guy and he doesn't know any better. And, and, and the PR staff really doesn't get a lot of time before the media is allowed in the locker room. So there might, so, the, so there might be only a, a few seconds, maybe a minute or two where you can go to somebody and say, Hey, they're definitely going to ask you about this. I'm just, I'm just giving you a heads up, you know, and you know, whether that's a fumble or an interception or Deontay Johnson, 
fuck, we'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> but that's so I get I get the post game remarks. But when the coach comes out the next day, we're on a Tuesday when he normally talks and mm-hmm. says, "No, this is the NFL, man. We don't take anybody lightly. This isn't homecoming or whatever." Right. And then literally the fucking next day, Deontay Johnson reiterates what he said is like, yeah, I think we took him lightly. It's like, Oh my fucking God. Like, like we had, we had our own, like we had specific guys that we dealt with, but then there was the general locker room, which, 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 which I handled. Yes. I had my guys, but I had the general locker room and I'm not even fucking kidding you. It would be 10, 15 minutes before the media were allowed in and they would come out of team meetings and I would literally make a general announcement to 53 dudes and be like, do not fucking talk. I didn't say the F word about me. Do not talk about bulletin board material. Do not talk about this. If they ask about the loss, just say we're moving on to the next game. Yep. Hey man, fuck you, Scorpino. It's like, or whatever, you know? Okay, fine. <laughs> whatever. Whatever. I don't care. Like, I, I, at least, at least I know that they heard me. You heard, you heard you. Exactly. And, and, you know, and, 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 you know, I always t- I like I always took that as like a sign of respect that they heard me. They're not, <laughs> and then but but I can't doing what you. I do. I totally relate to that. But I, I can't I can't tell you the number of times though. Like before, like a guy would do an interview, like a pouncy or or uh, not not so not necessarily K, but like a pouncy or like even an Aaron Smith or somebody like that would like fuck with me and be like like they'd wink at me. They'd be like, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell them I'm gonna tell them. Tom Brady sucks or something like, you know what I mean? Like just like being a dick. Um, so that being said, but that being said, if you just heard, I just mentioned one of the most underrated Steelers defensive linemen of all time, who was there forever. Yeah. And, a, and probably the Steelers, one of the best centers of all time for the Steelers who was there for 10 years. Yep. Um, you know, I, I, they're, they are not on the same page on the field. They are not on the same page off the field. And it is right. literally, it is literally, and, you know, and, and I, and yeah, it, Big Ben's Burger talked about this earlier, but I, I, I've been tweeting a little extra this week because I have some certain feels, uh, about, about some stuff. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, you I'm not, I, you and I were pretty popular this week. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes. You, you, you <laughs> hater. You, 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 you two hater. are mean you hater, but no, like I, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to pick on, I'm not trying to pick on their PR staff because, you know, I've been gone seven years now and it's totally, totally different, but it's really, really not that hard to, to get with these guys and tell them what the head coach said. We got, you know, you, you know, you text the guy ahead of time, you talk to the guy ahead of time, yeah. you see him in the locker room ahead of time. And, you know, if there's one thing right now that you can't do, it's show that you're not unified and right. they are showing that they're not unified on right. every front. And it is so fucking infuriating because I, I, and maybe he said this and I do not remember this. And, but like, I could never picture a Troy Paul being like, yeah, we took them lightly. 
Like, like, yeah, like, you know, we didn't prepare enough. Like, I remember we got our asses kicked in New England in 2013, and Ryan Clark literally was just like, that is not Steelers football. I apologize. They, like, like he didn't say, we took them lightly, or like, and like, Tom Brady was thrown to nobodies. Like, he was thrown to, like, Kimbrell Tompkins and shit. And I just remember. The, was that the Shamarco Thomas game or whoever it was? Who was that yeah. scrub safety uh, who was like, oh, Anthony Tom Brady's Smith. not that good. Anthony no, 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 no. Okay. No, yeah, that was Smith, no, that was that was the first time he killed us. That was the first time he killed us. This yeah. is 2013. We gave up 55 points, uh, oh, a God. record, a record oh, on the red. That's right. Yeah, but he was. was that, but he was. That was no. That wasn't the week one game. That was a different year. Yeah, it was. Right. It was like it was. We were. 0-4, got the two and four, and then they made us two and six, and then That's we got right. the eight and eight. That's but regardless, right. like okay. like Ryan Clark was just Ryan Clark was like, We got our asses kicked. That's embarrassing. I apologize to Dick LeBeau. I apologize to the fans. Like he didn't sit there and say, Oh, you know, Tom Brady had scrub receivers, uh, but and we took them lightly. Like, like, like that is such like oh god. Oh different. Sorry, right go now. ahead. They they're um, just they're they're so infuriating. I want to comment on something that, that Matt said in the chat because it's something that we talked about this week you know sam alu has a super bowl ring uh with the eagles um right. and outside of him there, there's really not that type of leadership and when you look at the defensive side of the ball you look we we all have tremendous respect and love for cam hayward i mean that that's never going to change but guy hasn't exactly won um in the postseason so you you are lacking that you know, Ben, how how big is that compared to what Tomlin had when he came in to coach the Steelers? I mean, I don't know that it's necessarily the leaders. I just think that those teams in the, the, the late 2000s mm-hmm. were tighter. It was just a tighter group. They were a really, really good defense, obviously, yeah. but they were just tighter. You know, I mean, all those guys still talk about how what a what a great group it was to be a part of and how much pride they took in being a part of that group. And I just don't think we have that right now, you know, and people want to point at coaching. And I again, coaching's a part of it. But to me, it comes back to locker room leadership. And I I love Kevin Colbert. I, I he did a lot of things for the Steelers for a couple of decades that, you know, dude, look back at his track record. And you're like, holy shit. But like the last last four or five years of of Kevin's tenure in Pittsburgh, I think are going to be looked back at with some questions, mm-hmm. you know. Um, mm-hmm. And and some of that was drafting, and some of it was was suspect trades, trading, you know, giving a fifth round pick away every year for some guy that you were going to have for half a season, and then he was gone, um, and who didn't really do that much for you anyway. It was shit like that. And, you know, it, it probably was time for, for Kevin to move on. Uh, but this roster just is not that talented. And I don't know how difficult it is to try and lead a group of guys who don't have a common direction because they're so busy trying to up their own game, mm-hmm. you know, bring themselves up to the level where they're playing at the same at the same level as their peers, the guys they see every week. I don't know what that's like, you know, when when you're on a team 
where you have a unit that's really, really fucking good, like the Steelers had in the 2000s. Right, right. It's a little bit easier to focus on team rather than focusing on you. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of these guys are, are just trying to develop their own game. And all those pieces aren't quite there. So I'm going to – are you Are you done? I, I yeah. don't want to talk over you, uh, but I want to jump off of that. When, when you said they're trying to develop their own game, my mind immediately jumped to they're building their own brand, that they're marketing themselves, that this generation of players – I'm yeah. not just talking there's... about wide receivers, but yes. No, no. <laughs> but but I think I think there's something with this, this – Gen- there's a generational divide because when you think back to those 2000s teams right like the super bowl video that the team released was called like a band of brothers or a, yep. a brotherhood of champions brotherhood of champions was what right. it was band of brothers was the hbo show but like it was brotherhood of champions but but like they they had that cohesion they were v- they were a very selfless group right. like other than like, it was a big deal when James Harrison was on the cover of that magazine with the guns because people were like, "Whoa, he's really like stepping outside the group." But like, Earth can see his flip phone my, up right now. My, my do you want to uh, talk about? Uh, do you want to talk about Ben Roethlisberger's uh, transgressions next time? <laughs> <laughs> My my broader point though was that like those those guys weren't guys going out there trying to market themselves, right? And even the guys who are the leaders on this team, the the Cam Haywards of the world, he's been out there really trying to market himself and think about his career after football and all that stuff too. He's got and, his own podcast. Yeah, he does. Not as good as ours. Hell no. <laughs> Just a couple steps below. Nice job. Sorry, Cam. Ian. I'm sorry. Below, no, no, you're you're absolutely right. That that I think this generation cares more about themselves as individuals than maybe they do about the team as a whole. And and I don't know if that's just the Steelers. I mean, you look league wide, I think it's, it's indicative of the whole, you know, younger generation of players. So I I don't think it's just these guys, but I think it's, it's a, a difference in personality. And I think to the point about locker room leadership, that when Tomlin came in as a young coach, I mean, he was like a year or two older than a couple of the oldest yeah. guys on the team at that yeah. point. And he really, he had a good group with a lot of solid leaders that yeah. he could rely on to help relay his message to the team. Yep. And he didn't have to have his fingers in every minute detail because those guys would take care of those things. And as those guys retired, I think he kind of assumed that other guys would step in and, and take their place. And that really hasn't happened as much. Mm-hmm. So I, I think now you've got a head coach who's never in his 16 year career been a guy to have his fingers in those minute details. And, and we've seen that, right? There's been guys that have said things like, Oh yeah. You know, like Tomlin was never the kind of, he was never like a, even like a Tom Coughlin or another you know, real strict head coach that's like, right. this is when film study is, and this is when you need to be in the building. And this way, it was always kind of like, these are the things we expect you to do as professionals. You're professionals. We're going to let you handle them. We're going to let the, the your fellow players, the leaders in the locker room kind of show you the way. But at, at some point, he's either got to adapt his coaching style 
or they've got to go out and find those guys who are those leaders that can do that because right. He's still trying. He's. St- it seems to me like he's trying to coach the way he coached in yeah. 2010. Yeah, I think that's a good point. When he had that solid group of leaders that he could rely on, but he doesn't have that now. But he's still trying to coach the same way, which yeah, is why was, I think it seems very disjointed. That was one of the reasons they brought on an Alandon Roberts, and that was one of the reasons that they they drafted a Kenny Pickett because his intangibles were so great. I wish he was as good on the field, but you know they they're trying to fill that void. And yeah. I agree with what you're yeah. saying, um, you know. I, I but I I still think a lot of it is just these guys just they're they're not that talented, and it's I think it's more difficult being in that position, trying to apply your talents as best you can to play up to that level. You know, you want to be in the upper tier. You at least want to be in the in the top half of the guys. If you're a starter, the top half of all the guys in the, in the league, right? Yep. There yep. are 32 other guys that play, 31 other guys that play your position. You want to be at least yeah. 15th minimum. And we oh. got a lot of guys that aren't aren't there. And no, you know, and and I think I think that struggle adds to the struggle to see the big picture, which is team, team first. This is about uh, the team. Yeah, Scarps, Scar- go ahead, finish up, and then I'll I'll, I'll change yeah, direction. Yeah, I, uh, I I don't know. I don't. I, this is just an observation that I had, and I I I get a lot of stuff wrong. But the Steelers, the Steelers, two longest tenured slash best players, if you will, are Cam and TJ, who were both first round picks. Cam, uh maybe I don't think he ever will, but Cam might be a Hall of Famer one day. He's been there forever. TJ is a defensive player of the year candidate consistently. But high pedigree, right? High pedigree. Yep. Yep. But when you go back and look at the guys that were there when I was there, Hines, third round pick, constant, constant chip on his shoulder, right? You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like always doubted him. James Harrison undrafted cut 75 times aaron smith was a fourth round pick right yeah northern colorado Northern right? Colorado. Yeah. brett kiesel was a seventh round, seventh pick. round pick nate washington wasn't there when i was there but another undrafted guy that mm-hmm. i just look i just looked up like nate washington had like seven thousand career receiving yards in this league like he actually yeah. was decent after he left the steelers um yeah. And then, and and he was a first round pick, but he didn't do anything with the Jets. James Ferrier, James Ferrier didn't even really start for the Jets, and he was a first round pick for them. He started one year for them in two thousand one, and then in two he had he had a pretty good year, and then in two thousand two he came here. Yep. So when you came into that locker room, you saw a guy Ryan Clark was undrafted too. Troy didn't talk as much as you know, but. Ike you Taylor saw, was a fourth round pick. I, yep. Great, yeah, great call, Ike. Ike Taylor, like, like Ben was a first round pick, but Ben really wasn't the talker. But like, right. when you came into that locker room, um, when he came into that locker room, you saw guys that you know that were were probably more like you than they were first rounders like like guys that you're like oh shit man if james harrison like i know he's massive but if james harrison could do this i can do it you know yeah. you know i always joke about the you know 
Casey Hampton saying Ziggy Hood was grown up. I'm grown ass man strong. Ziggy Hood's weight room strong, but like that that actually that mean that means something. Like you're like fuck, man. You know James Ferrier was a former first round pick, and he didn't cut it, but he came here and he's amazing. Like and 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 on the flip side, if you are a first round pick, like when Cam was in 2011, was like, ah oh, shit, man, I'm a first round pick, but I haven't done shit ever like but i got like so i i think that there is definitely a lack of veteran leadership um and cam can only do so much tj does not although he although he 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 had some comments after the game but he gets to that yeah but anyway sorry i talked a lot ahead i i knowing what we know now after the loss after a lot of the comments i mean you even had friar Muth talking about you know hey this is ridiculous we we've known these formations for three years and we're still screwing it up and blah 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 um ben do you do you think this team still makes the playoffs yes okay ian do you think they I, still make I the think playoffs done in one round yeah, they make it's it. it's gonna be tough right now i mean they they really have to win their next two games i i kind of thought they'd lose one out of three but i didn't think it would be this one to arizona and i didn't think they'd do it in the fashion that they did but i think they they, and especially with what else happened around them like i was looking at the playoff standings this morning and I, i think i mentioned this on slack like right now the playoff standings that you have have somehow the Steelers in fifth place yep. because of the tiebreakers because you settled mm-hmm. divisional tiebreakers first. And then you've got the Browns in sixth and the Colts in seventh. If I was a team, a division leader right now, I would hope those three teams carry it out and make the playoffs because the teams behind them, Houston, Denver, Buffalo, the Chargers, and throw Cincinnati into the mix. They had a pretty good showing against Jacksonville last yep. night. Um, but I'd be more scared of any of those teams making the playoffs that are currently out of the picture than I am of the three that are in. So I wouldn't at all be surprised if the three that are in the wild card slots right now all miss the playoffs because Cleveland has a struggling quarterback situation. They've got a good defense, but they've got a lot of injuries. You know, Indy's still playing with a backup quarterback, and and you know, is the bubble going to burst on that sooner or later? We've got our problems that we've detailed ad nauseum on this show. Yep. Houston's playing really well. Denver's on a hot streak. Buffalo's seemingly turning things around. And I mean, the Chargers are the Chargers, but they have Justin Herbert. So, you know, if I was a division leader, I'd be, I would hope that the current teams make the playoffs because that makes for a much easier first round yeah. game. Yeah. Scarps, do you think the Steelers uh, make the postseason at this point? Uh, I had him. 10 and seven, but not making the playoffs. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, you know, it's fun. It's funny that all four AFC North teams could still somehow win 10 games and two, yeah. two would be out. That was my, that was my prediction. It's amazing. I mean, it unfolded differently. Um, I, I don't know. And I, all, I, all four could win 10 games and all four could make the playoffs too, which that would be the first time that's ever happened. Oh yeah, that'd be the Bengals. Yeah, the Bengals, yeah. uh, Bengals winning out. But I, I honestly, I honestly don't know if I honestly don't know if this team is going to make the playoffs. Um, and I'm leaning towards yes, but I really don't know. <laughs> yeah. B- bottom line, bottom line. This this loss, and it's up to them. This loss can be 
the best thing that happened to them this season, or yes. it can be the thing that made their season completely come unraveled, like 1998. Yeah, remember that year? Yep. Cowher lost them, lost the locker room, lost the, that was terrible. Um, they can either look at themselves, take this shit seriously, realize they're not talented enough to overlook anyone ever and and respond mm-hmm. to that or they can point some fingers at one another i mean yeah friarmouth mm-hmm. saying we've, we've had the same formations for three years this is ridiculous people can't get lined up in the right spot they don't know the play they don't know the responsibilities i'm like dude yeah say all that it's fine but don't tell the fucking media that right Right. And I, I get the frustration. I, I do. He's probably tired of talking to the same guys in the same yeah. meeting rooms about it. But I, yeah, I agree with you. You got to keep no. that shit in house. That and, 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 and co- from a coaching standpoint, they were coached stupidly. They, the, the, the formations, oh. the coverages were dumb, not yep. putting Fryermuth in for more plays. That third down pass that they threw to, to, to Little Hayward, Fryermuth would have pulled that in. Yeah. It would have. It was a nice pass. It was into double coverage. I didn't love the decision, right. but but looking back at it, it was the right decision. It was the only place he could go with the ball. And yeah. he dropped, uh, and that happened right in front of me where we were sitting. He dropped that ball in right. Uh, that was the only spot he could put it. It was right over the line. Yeah, that was a great right throw. Right between the safeties. It was a great throw. It was yeah. a great throw, and and. Hayward did have to kind of run around the linebacker to get to the ball. But I mean, you're right. If that's Frymouth, he catches that because he's got longer arms. It's just, yeah. You know, I mean, he, was, he might not score, but he's going to catch the ball. He's going to bring it in. Oh, no. He scores. I mean, he, he it was right at the goal right line. At the goal line. It was, yeah. Well, it was, I thought it was about the three yard line or something. I, it was right there. I know. Yeah. Right. But, but at some point, too, you know, if the players can't run the plays, why are the coaches still calling them? Like this has to come back on coaching at some point that, you know, I feel like, you know, back in the day when we had Roethlisberger and and say what you will about Arians or Haley or Wisenhunt or whoever, Mm -hmm. but if they were like, our guys can't run this play, they wouldn't call it again, which was why we never ran screen passes because they couldn't execute them. Like I love Ben Roethlisberger, but he couldn't throw a screen pass to save his life. He was just terrible at that type of throw. And right. we never had a running back. Pass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we never had a running back who could execute it either. So, like, we just we we haven't thrown screen passes in decades because we just couldn't execute. No, them. so got to go back to the Barry Foster days, I think. Yeah, and and to, to talk about player distribution, you know, look at the offense. You had Najee Harris had 16 carries for 63 yards. Jalen Warren had nine carries, so about a little more than half. Yeah. For 59 yards. So he had about half as many carries for just four fewer yards. Like they, for some reason, continue to put Najee in in situations where you need a more explosive back on the field. Warren is clearly the more explosive back. And why and do they, you think that is? Because <laughs> he was a first round pick and they have to kind of try and prove well, themselves. He was right. on the injury it's, report it's today. Pride. He did not it's practice. Pride. They have it's pride. Is it? Yes. Yeah, You're right. I don't know. And they're, they're is it, or is it, it? Is it the whole, what, what does Tomlin talk about all the time? Football justice. And, you know, this guy get, gets opportunities because he works hard, blah, blah. I, I don't know. 
that yeah, you know what? Okay, sorry, Naji good. Got, I don't disagree with either one of you. Yeah. I don't disagree with either one of you. I, I, I think this is the NFL. The best players should play. The end. Agreed. Ian, finish. Ian, you got more? Oh, no. I just said that Najee got 10 more snaps than Warren did, which you is know, crazy for a game where you were trailing and needed I, more. I, I think, plays. I think and, and now that I've had a little more Scarpino Grigio, um, the, the, I think one of the things that it's annoyed me about Tomlin this year is um, – is his not only his mannerism. Oh my God, I'm talking like him. His mannerisms in the press conference, but but he's talked about football justice a lot this season. And he's he's referenced Kenny Pickett in that same in that same sentence when it's mm-hmm. and I sit there and think like, dude, are you like the Pickett maniacs where you're trying to manifest this guy to be better than he really is? Because like this whole football justice thing to me is bullshit. I mean how many guys in the league do the right thing, work as hard as they can, and never get to start and or, say all the right things, or right. and say all I the mean, right things? Your, your favorite quarterback, Mason Rudolph. I'll give you that example. <laughs> I'm, I'm being serious here. I'm not no, fucking with this is, you. This is this is a good point. This the guy true. has done all the right things. Yep. He has has said all the right things. He works hard. He just can't get on the field. You know. He had he had some chances, didn't happen. It didn't work out. But you know he hasn't gotten as many chances as a lot of other guys. Let's just put it that way. Mm-hmm. No, oh I my agree. God, are you turning? Are you turning a new leaf, Benjamin? Nope. This is so. Cute. I am not. I still think he sucks. So no, I. I, I but I think it's a really valid point that this this of of all the people, this is a guy that could could go scorched earth, and has taken the high road, and he and he really has it now. Maybe when his career's over, he'll he'll do that. He'll you know write, write a, a tell-all book, book. interview. I, I I don't know, um, but I, I mean, you know, I, cripe is it is it beyond the realist the, the idea that he he could be back next year for all we know. Uh, Mason, not, nobody else is going to want him. Mason will be back know. next year, in my opinion. Well, I, but not yeah. Mitch, right. What's that? Mitch gone. Well, and, and I, I'm glad you brought that up. I think one or the two of them will be gone. Yes, this is going to be a bit of a, a resume building thing now for Trubisky. You know, if he goes out and plays well these these four games or so, it helps his resume uh, going forward for other teams because he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. You know, and if he doesn't, can he pick it? Can he pick it starting? Starting. 24 games and leaving four of them is a bit concerning. Absolutely. Well, absolutely. On top of the fact that he doesn't have the arm or upper body strength to make throws unless his mechanics are perfect. Mm -hmm. And the longer I watch him, the less convinced I am that he's an NFL quarterback. I, I think that is a good way to put it. That's where I'm at. Hey, uh, just a, just a point of clarification here because I'm anal about this stuff and I can't let it go. Uh, Ian said Mitch anal. Is, yeah, Mitch is not a free agent this year. Uh, he signed a two-year extension at right. this offseason. So his contract actually – this year. Yeah, so it goes through 2025. Yeah. Well, but, I mean – That's right. His that, original that, con- okay. his, his original yeah. contract was a two-year yeah. deal. Right. And that, he signed that, that extension. Yes. That doesn't preclude him being cut or asking for a release. Right. Yeah, and, and they right. could they could save cap money by cutting him. So they could, yeah, yeah, they could. And, and I so, think his his extension was fairly uh, 
incentive laden so that, you know, he has a chance to earn some more money here. And the thing about Mitch, it's always been, he will take chances with the ball down the middle of the field. I mean, think back to that Ravens game that he had to start yeah, and threw what three know. interceptions. Yeah. yeah. All yeah. of them were him taking chances Just in the red zone over game. the middle of the field on throws he didn't need to make. So late in plays. Yeah. It's and like he, dude, he takes some dumbass sacks. You've had the ball for five seconds. You don't throw the ball over the middle of the fucking field this late in the goddamn play. You know better. You're a veteran. You should. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, you know, he said he's going to be aggressive this week, and I told you guys. I mean, that's, that's great. I mean, that means that. that means a couple of touchdowns and probably as many picks. Well, so two I, I mean, touchdowns, can, two picks. Can you imagine if he would have said, ah, "I'm going to be conservative this week"? I, I mean, I, I it, it is hey, what it is. Hey Ben, since, since you mentioned Mitch throwing two touchdowns, do you know how many touchdowns Kenny Pickett has thrown in the last seven games? <laughs> Seven games. One? Yeah, one. One. It's one. The answer is one. Seven yeah. games. Seven games. Yeah. Kenny Kenneth Shane so, Pickett has thrown one touchdown pass. I don't know about you guys. On on Sunday, I was screaming when Kenny was still in the game. I was screaming, run the ball. Yes, oh, yeah, I was yes. I was run too. I, you know, I don't care how but, we get in the fucking end zone as I don't as either. We do. And when they run the ball all the way down the field, and then when they get in the end zone, they they try to throw it. I'm like, no, it. it uh, same here, same here. I was yelling the same. Th- I don't care how many times you have to run the ball, run the damn ball to get it in the end zone. Right, winning well, and, and run, winning is what in, matters. Running in the red zone has worked really well for us. But you know what else has worked really well? Yeah, is giving the ball you, to Jalen fucking Warren. Is yeah. like you know we had the ball first and goal from the seven. Yep, and gave it to Najee twice, and then Kenny scrambled up the middle and got tackled, and then we gave it to Najee again at the goal. We gave Najee three carries inside the seven-yard line, and he didn't get seven yards. Like, you, you mean to tell me if we don't give Jalen Warren three carries from seven yards out, he doesn't find a way to get in the end zone? I agree. Like, you you got to give the ball to the more explosive player. It isn't, it isn't just that. It isn't. It's also this year. Jalen's shown more versatility with the passing game. So when he rolls into the backfield, you can't just say Jalen's getting the ball and he's you know it's going to come between mm-hmm. the tackles because when Najee's back there, Najee's getting the ball and it's coming between the tackles. Unless they get yeah. crazy with these tosses, yeah, which oh god, you want to talk about the most obvious thing they do, and and it's much more apparent in the stadium. That every time they bring Miles Boykin in, it's a running play. They're they're not putting Miles Boykin out at wide receiver if right. it's a passing play. Well, very so, seldom. And, and that is the biggest tell. Yeah. It's like, oh, this guy's in the game. It's a running play. And the Cardinals yeah. knew it too, because like, you know, Kenny did the the this symbol that, that goes back to, to Ben even did yeah. a this thing to which is basically a, a you know change the blocking alignment hand signal. Um but and they, the Cardinals knew it. There, it was like, oh, he did a this thing. It's a running play because he's changing where the blocking is. And it's like, you guys got to change some things up at some point in time. Um, two things. Jamie just asked a question. Uh, was it this one? 
Yeah, uh, it's because Josh Allen was was Mitch Trubisky's hype man. Josh Allen went out of his way to be like, "Oh, Mitch is a great he teammate. Did. He's you know he's a former first round pick, number two overall pick, blah blah blah." But to Mitch's defense, I want to say this: that ball he threw to Connor Hayward was way better than any pick, any ball Kenny Pickett has thrown this year. <laughs> and I don't know about have, that, but it was really yeah. I guess that's oh, no, I'm, I'm yeah. not even being no, I'm not even being facetious. Like Kenny Pickett, I, I get it. It was a really nice throw. It, it was, was a great nice throw. Every Kenny Pickett throw, it's like he's using every chesticle he has in his soul <laughs> to 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 and and the funniest thing about it is that he only throws it like four yards beyond the line of scrimmage. It is just, it's just you know, watching the Jags and the Bengals last night. And I, and I said this in the chat, watching Trevor Lawrence throw a wide receiver screen. That kid has such a cannon. I mean, the yeah. ball's in his hand off the snap and it's gone. And yes, and, you know, with Kenny, it's just kind of like, get it, collect myself. But Hey, so I, you know, similar it, numbers. The first Six oh, I know. Sports, guys. That's what he's going to turn into. I, I, I'm done I with it. Big Ben's murder. Are you still on? Cheers, my man. Yeah. I want to. I want to talk a little bit about TJ Watt's comments. Um, and I, I thought uh, that he did not pick a great time to air these comments. Uh, when, when, <laughs> he, when you he's get got drastic, a legitimate beef, but I get it. He, he absolutely has some legitimate gripes here, but it just wasn't the place to do it, and. Um, I, I, I'll let, I'll let you get Ben. What, what is your, your take on what he said? You know, TJ Watt has two accepted holding penalties since 2021. Two, two. This is a dude who is held on every single play. Yep. And there were some on Sunday that were fucking egregious where the guy had him by the Jersey and was pulling him the other direction. Yep. It was that bad. And he couldn't get a call. And I, I get it. He got frustrated and talked about it. And, and I agree with you. It's not what I would have liked to seen him do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, he, he's he got a legitimate gripe. He really does. I mean, that, yeah. that was fucking ridiculous. It's like, really? You're just going to let that shit go? I, I just don't understand how we went from actually having to block a player to to now you can physically like literally armbar a guy across his neck you know well and, and yeah the 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 there there's a rule specific to that um oh i basically surprised. if yeah. if if the pass rusher tries to pull a hump on a guy a hump move mm-hmm. and tries to go under right and move his arm up the the Offensive tackle can lower his arm in front of him. So they're saying basically the pass rusher is hooking himself. <laughs> and as long as as long as the pass, as long as the, yeah, the blocker is moving back toward the player, trying to put himself back in position, they'll give him the benefit of the doubt. You know, it's it's funny you're you're talking about the two holding calls. The 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 one I remember specifically was in the Titans game last year where he was being held by three different guys at the same time and no call. It, well, did it or didn't it? I thought it did actually. I, Maybe I don't think there was a call on that one. <clears throat> yeah, I'm sure there was one right after, but um, I, I, I not, just 
yeah, it's not the, just the holding calls, but it's the false starts that the tackles are allowed to get away with. Too, oh right? my god! You know they're they're allowed to to you know get back in their set. The the other thing I wanted to mention about TJ though that I don't know if this came through on the broadcast, but being in the stadium, mm-hmm. you know, it's a different experience. So the the there was that play where he got hurt, where mm-hmm. it was kind of a friendly fire deal that him and Highsmith kind of both right. ran around the quarterback and collided. That was when he was held so badly. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, that's, he, he was pissed. He he went out for a play, came back in, and the, the crowd was, re you know for a good reason concerned when TJ Watt was down sure. on the field and then went out. He came back in. The entire crowd started chanting, "You know, TJ Watt, TJ Watt, TJ." Like he had Heinz Field chanting his name on the next play. He got his ass absolutely beat. Like the offensive tackle that was going against him, just like pile drive drove him all the way over to the sideline and then they kind of were like fighting with each other on the sideline but like he got his ass smoked on that play when the whole stadium was chanting his name and i was kind of like "Ooh, that's uh," and i was like worried that he was still hurt and had like come back in and and you know i i I appreciate limping around i still don't think he's 100 but yeah it was uh well nobody is now yeah but but i think that gets back to kind of what we talked about earlier of you know, James Harrison got held all the time too. He occasionally made reference to it, but didn't always, you know, he, he wasn't one to come out and talk about it after a loss right. and be like, I'm getting held all the time and they're not calling it for me. They must be out. And, you know, and James Harrison, like TJ Watt was a defensive player of the year, also had finished in the top five in DPOY multiple, uh, you know, a few times. Yep. So yep. It, it's not like other guys haven't faced the same thing. And heck, James Harrison arguably did have the league out for him with the the penalties for the the you know shots to the head yep. him him yeah. bringing some of it on himself. He had more argument than TJ. Yeah. <laughs> he I mean, made some of it on and, himself and, by saying I wouldn't piss on Goodell if he was on fire. <laughs> he, <laughs> there was that. I don't think anybody would. He was he was pretty calm though when people I'm sorry, would ask Ryan. Him about, when, when he when people would ask him about about how often he was held and how he felt about that after games, he just go, yeah, well, you know, I, I don't know. It, the, well, I don't really know when they're going to call holding when they're not, you know, they, yeah. they did tell me that, uh, that if I had my feet out in front of me, they would give me the call. And so basically what he started doing was flopping when he got hooked like that. Yeah. He would just run his feet out in front of himself so that he'd get a call. Yeah. I, I, I get it. I you get know. it too. They're not going to give you a fucking call. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I thought it was very weird timing. Um, and as we talked about earlier, like whether TJ wants to wants to acknowledge it or not, he he's a leader, and he he should yeah. not he should not have have talked about. He should have he should have deflected the question, conveyed his message, and and moved on. It sounded like sour grapes to me. Yeah. Um, because. That defense got their asses kicked and they quit. That defense quit. I don't I, I don't care. And I'm also gonna say this about TJ. You can't get a call on every play. And second of all, hey TJ, do you bitch when the offensive line doesn't block you and you get a free sack? I, I I'm being serious right now. Go back and look at TJ Watt's career sacks. How many times does he get a sack where nobody even fucking touches him? They don't even care. So it's like, dude, you 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 gotta like bad timing and also yeah. too like tj watt is tj watt is a great defensive player he's always in the conversation but like you're gonna bitch about the refs talking about 
you know, bitch about the refs because because you didn't get the holding call. But like when the offensive tackle literally is like looking this way and you're already four yards past them and you have a clear shot to the quarterback, you don't bitch. So it's just like, dude, like like be a leader in that situation. Say, I don't want to talk about officiating. We didn't handle our business today. We right. didn't pass this and that was my issue. And we need to we need to figure it out on Thursday night. But instead, yeah. he's like, "Oh, I don't want to say they got it out for me, or whatever." It's like, "Oh, fucking boohoo, TJ." But you know what though? Oh, I'm I'm feeling it right now. Oh yeah. Let me tell you. May I tell you? Oh yeah. The Steelers won't win a playoff game this year. And if TJ Watt doesn't win Defensive Player of the Year, oh my God! Well, he's not. He's not going to win it. The fuck! I don't. I, I, he, he's he's going to need a, a huge the run here. Horror! The yeah. horror! Oh my goodness! TJ didn't win the. Nobody gives a shit. I'd rather TJ Watt get me twelve sacks a year and win Super Bowls than to get twenty and not do anything. And when it matters, preach, preach. Look, hey. Hey, 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 Gene Steratore, you out there looking at a camera, buddy? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I picked on Gene Steratore. Uh, I've purposely uh, avoided talking about the uh, Patriots because I think every one of us on this program and in the chat and listening on your own time or viewing on your own time knows this game is. It might be a battle to see who gets to five points first. Um, hey, ten points. Okay, ten. The over under uh, is thirty one and a half. I, which I'm thoroughly impressed by, 31 and a half. I don't know if I would bet half that. That's, take, uh, take the other. But I, so I don't bet, so Vegas, don't take gambling Vegas, advice from me. I, yeah, so I, I Vegas mean, is basically going for like a 19 to 13 game. Oh, and and, and if it's that, I, I that would be high. That'd be on the high end right now, based on what I've seen. Um, I don't and, know. And I think we're, we're going to score some points. I also think, I, I think both teams are going to score some points because that's really... what happens in these games where you expect one thing. It's usually the other that happens. Um, and, and I, you know, Belichick's having an awful, awful year, but the guy still knows how to coach and he's had Mike Tomlin's number. He, he's eight and three all time against Tomlin. It wouldn't be surprising to me at all if they cook up a couple things to get some touchdowns. So, um, you know, I, I, yeah, but it, I don't even know who they're going to start at quarterback yet. Um, I, I, I Ooh, assume I it'll be that for a second. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I, I don't want to jump over if you had another point. Nah, nah, go. Okay, so I this this is really interesting to me as I kind of tried to take a step back and think about this game and the you know short turnaround we had from Sunday's game to this podcast. But yeah. uh, you know, interestingly enough, both of these teams coming into this game have had to move on from their franchise Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, drafted a quarterback in the first round who is arguably quite mid, as the kids would say, yep. um, that you know, both quarterbacks had some hype. Remember when Mac Jones came out, people were like, oh, maybe, maybe oh, they perfect Jones Patriot quarterback, perfect Patriot yep. quarterback. He can, he's a game manager. He can make all the right reads. He's so smart. He's got all these intangibles. Yeah. He doesn't have a big arm, but he can make all the, you know, He's got these the the other things that they want, right? And, and Kenny Pickett, a lot of the same kind of commentary. I'm not saying they're the same player, but these right. two teams have handled their quarterback situations extremely differently. Both of them have first round pick quarterbacks who are not good, not NFL caliber quarterbacks. The Patriots, who have routinely you hear that Pitt fans, Ian just said that your quarterback is not NFL caliber. Ooh. He has one touchdown pass in the last seven weeks. Uh -huh. All right. Yep. 
Yeah, he's the a Patriots, hater. Not his fault. The, the Patriots oh, have routinely benched Mac Jones going back to last year. They, you know, constantly put Bailey Zappi in the game. They've they've put other guys in. They've come back to Mac Jones after other guys have stunk. They've had kind of a musical chairs of quarterback in New yeah. England here. Ooh. Whereas the Steelers have kind of been a, we're going to ride or die with Kenny. If Kenny's healthy, he's our guy. We're going to go with him. Neither of these guys are that good. But, I mean, I don't know. You know, uh, these two teams have handled their quarterback situation yeah. very differently. Fascinating to see where it's going to ultimately go, but it's yeah. not going well for either. Yeah, but but, you know, that being said, I think from a – confidence standpoint for a young quarterback i think what the steelers have done is probably a little bit better that they've erred on the side of we're gonna let him try and figure it out on the field and not like undercut his confidence by benching him and playing somebody else but sure i don't know bailey zappy's had a couple good games too so i don't know it's it's hard to say who's been better but they've the two teams have handled their mid quarterback situations very different well and and i I don't know if it was matt or or jamie in the in the chat said something that we've said you know about the aggressiveness almost being kind of coached out of kenny pickett we've talked about that a lot on this show. yeah and and i agree a hundred percent uh i mean i i think you can see it in his body language i can you can just sense it um but uh to to that point um we lose this game it's done far as i'm concerned because we're, we're at, at that point you you got three games out of four on the road suddenly you have a bengals team that has a kid that threw for 360 last night uh you it's know one game man it, it it they're always one game they're always one game but uh if pickett yeah. did what jake browning did last night i mean I'm pretty sure the University of Pittsburgh would sink into the river. Like it would be, it would be epic. It would like, be, yeah. Like if you think the pick, like the picket maniacs right now are just clinging to any fiber of being of their their blue and gold god, and <laughs> and if he did what Jake Browning did last night, like yeah. even I would be like shit. Like oh, okay. Yeah. You threw okay. five incompletions out of 37 throws. Like, damn. I'd be like, well, okay. I mean, and, and oh, by the way, he, he threw over the middle. Yeah. Yeah. He's also uh, got like Jamar Chase that he's throwing. Well, to, he's, you know, he does have. Yeah. Makes a difference. Yeah, fair, oh, but, fair. but I difference. mean, I, Jamar Chase was good even against us. Yeah. I mean, he's a stud. Yeah. He's a stud. I uh, was told, uh, I was told George Pickens is amazing. Uh, he is, but he we don't throw him the ball too. enough. Right. But he doesn't. Uh, Eight fifteen kick coming up Thursday. Do we uh, want to talk about defense? That how they're using Minka completely in the wrong way. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, I I, I meant to get to that tonight. He's a fucking uh, box safety now. What they've got him. They've got they him playing like him. Terrell Edmonds. Yeah, they they were. I, I was sitting there at the game watching this, and you can you can obviously see more about you know the defensive alignments in the stadium than you can at the TV view. But I was like, it's the first game back for Minka. And they're playing him like a box safety. I think I saw him blitz more than I've ever seen him blitz. Like they're they're bringing him off the edge. There was one play. I think it was a third down play on that ninety nine yard drive. Yeah, where they rushed four. Minka was one of the four, and they dropped TJ into coverage. I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? Yep. Like they're they're dropping their best pass rusher and bringing their best cover safety into in on a blitz. Yep. Like this is insane. 
they're they're like outsmarting themselves here and and they're playing yes. minka in the box and and kz is the single high uh, it's just like i don't know it doesn't make any sense no, to me it's madness at times it, yeah it, it, and, and that whole day was madness to me. It just well, and and they were doing it. They were doing it before Minka got hurt too, right? It wasn't just that yeah, yesterday true. or Sunday. It was before he got hurt. They were playing him out of position. They were playing Neil and KZ at the two safety spots, and and Minka is kind of a rover, which brought him in the box. And it just, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what they're thinking. So yeah, yeah. Uh, last well, week I talked about this Vinny's, earlier. Vinny's got Talk a good point it. in the chat here that they want Minka to be Troy 2.0. Yeah. I talked about this a completely earlier. This different season. position. Minka yes. is more of an Ed Reed right. free safety than he is a Troy Palomalu strong Agreed. safety. Agreed. I talked about good this earlier Vinny. this season. Okay. Uh, said it then. They're making him a box safety. He's not an elite, an elite box safety. He is an elite free safety. Yes. As a result, the defensive backfield lacks an elite presence. It hurts the whole defensive backfield, not just Minka, the whole backfield. Pull, pull, playing him out of position fucks them completely. I don't know what the hell Austin's thinking. Wasn't that a big reason he wanted out of Miami? Because they, they were he wanted out of Miami because they they played him at slot. Slot, yeah, right, right. But I mean, it, it, and oh. they sucked. Yeah, and Brian Flores was their coach. Right, right. even yeah. though I said keep Brian Flores over Taylor well, Austin, but, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, all four of us took the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers to win uh, Sunday, and never again went for the big offer. This week, uh, I mentioned that Tomlin three and eight all time against uh, Lord Vader, and uh, uh, the Steelers. <laughs> by the way, this year three and zero oh in night games. Three and zero, oh, they'll be sporting the color rush unis this week, which I think we lost last time we wore those. If I'm not mistaken, I can't remember. First time this year. Um, but no, we wore uh, them once this year. Already, did we? we? Or no, we wore the block numbers. We wore the blocks. Yeah. Rush this year. Yeah. Um, so there's some interesting numbers going, you know, back and forth here. Uh, Scarps, what do you got for a prediction this week? Oh, shit. <laughs> Coming to me first. Um, yep. So I want to be clear that the Patriots offense is legit poop like it is it is so bad it is so bad second so bad and they lost their best offensive weapon their two bought their two offensive weapons their best two offensive weapons Romajir Stevenson is not going to play right Demario Douglas might not play um but their defense is way better than ours I'm not even being I'm not even being a dick their rush defense is their solid. Legit. There's good. Their rush defense is solid. Um, I know I know Jalen Warren gets some angry runs. Um, and if the Steelers are smart, they give him some extra opportunities for those angry runs. Um I want to pick the Steelers, man. I want to pick the Steelers so, so bad. So bad. So bad. Well, pick somebody. I'm going to. Well, goddamn. Next time you're on a rant, I'm going to let you fucking hear it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to take the New England Patriots 12 to 10. 
hater. <laughs> okay. We got 12-10 Pats. Uh, ben, what do you got? Uh, I, I agree with what Scarps said. Uh, I, I think – I don't think this defense is that much better than the Steelers, but it's better than the Steelers. And it's a coverage-based defense. So if the Steelers are fucking smart this week and just stick to the goddamn run, we can win this game. Um, If we start throwing it around all over the place, and yeah, Mitch is going to throw a couple of picks. And he might throw a couple of touchdowns too. So those kind of things, you know, they kind of cancel one another out. Uh, you know, I'm. I think this is probably going to be a pretty low-scoring affair. I don't have that little faith in the Steelers' offense here, uh, but uh, I'm going to say Steelers thirteen, uh, Patriots six. All right. Okay, so we got one and one. Ian, what do you got? I'm. I'm. I was worried Ben was going to take my score because I was going to say Steelers thirteen to nine. But uh, it, so nobody's yeah, going eleven ten. No, I'm, I'm going to go thirteen to nine in this one. Um, I think we'll the whatever one touchdown is. Whoever scores a touchdown, one touchdown in this game probably wins this game. If the Patriots <laughs> so bad. If the Patriots find a way to score a touchdown like they did when we played them last year, right? They hit that yes. weird ass long pass to Nelson yep. Aguilar who can't catch anything, caught that pass over Akello Witherspoon down the sideline and scored a touchdown right before halftime. And then they ran the clock out at the end of the game. Uh, I think I think whoever scores a a touchdown wins this game. Like I, you got to be able to put the ball in the end zone, and, and neither of these teams can do it. They're both bad. They're both really bad. This is going to be an ugly game. Yeah. The only thing I can say is, if you like, if you're a fan of Iowa football and like to watch <laughs> punts, well, don't watch this game either because our punter sucks. Right. So Johnny, watch- who is in the chat right now, is an Iowa fan. Okay, you know that well, that, that Johnny. That- that post you, you put on give... Slack, that post you put on Slack about the the, the beer, the the bar yes, serving free, free beer, beer. Yes. until Iowa scored. Yeah, I sent that to Johnny. Yeah. So so Johnny, if you if you have any advice for Presley Harvin on how he can improve his punting, it would certainly be appreciated <laughs> because he is so inconsistent that it's awful. Um, it's just it's it's bad, and and yeah, this game's going to be bad. The, the thing I'm worried about is that Belichick is that old school kind of coach that he's like, I'll play a field position game with you. I have the defense. I'll just pin you back inside yeah. your 10-yard line and yep. hope you turn the ball over or your punter yep. shanks one, and then we'll kick a couple field goals. And I could I could easily see this game being like a 6-3 to three game 12, in the 10. fourth quarter. So, But I'll, I mean, I'll stick with the Steelers. I'll go 13-9. to nine. Um, you guys aren't very be, far off. I mean, 12-10, No, it's not that, a lot of spread. Thirteen nine might be too much credit though, because that's three scoring, three scoring possessions for both teams. So that that might be giving them too much credit. It might be like a ten to six game, um, I, but I'll, I'll yeah. stick with thirteen nine. I I I think you alluded to it uh, as I mentioned earlier too. I mean, Belichick's had an awful year, but the guy still can coach. He he's always had Tomlin's number for the most part, 
And I, I can just see something happening that has nothing to do with either offense. A defensive score, a big special teams play, as we saw last time we played them. Thanks, Gunnar Olszewski. Um, and and I, I just, at the end of the day, uh, I, I just can't, I don't have confidence in the Steelers right now. I just don't. I, I hate to say that, but uh, so I'm, I'm going to go uh, 12-10 Patriots. Hater. And Patriots. We both yep. said the same thing. Did you have 12 10 too? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I should have said something different. Uh, Give 13 10. Give them a touchdown. Yeah, I'll go 13 10. Yeah, 13 10. My bad. All right. Is Casey yeah. in, in the bullpen here or what? Casey in the bullpen? I guess. <laughs> Do it. <clears throat> yeah. Casey's Coast to Coast, an American top party. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the week that was December 5th, 1998. Our favorite correspondent, Ryan, is back with us again this week, and he writes, Dear Casey, Picket lines and picket signs. Don't punish me with brutality. Come on, talk to me so you can see what's going on. Hey, Kenny, what's going on? Kenny, first and foremost, I hope you are well. Secondly, how did you not see a wide-open Calvin Austin in the flat for an easy touchdown on the play you scrambled and got hurt? Thirdly, you have no pressure awareness. And fourthly, you cannot see the field. Fifthly, I'm not even blaming you for the loss, so hey, Pig and Maniacs, get off my ass. <laughs> I don't know what was worse, watching the Cardinals execute a 99-yard touchdown where Trey McBride feasted and had leftovers on multiple occasions, or when down two scores, Deontay Johnson caught a meaningless touchdown and moved like one of Janet Jackson's backup dancers on the Rhythm Nation Tour. Five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> For my Janet Jackson fans, I think they'll get that <laughs> reference to the music video. <laughs> Casey, I'm done with Deontay Johnson. I'm also done with George Pickens, who joined Deontay's worthless celebration. I'm also done with the Mike Tomlin apologists. He hasn't won a meaningful game since January 16th, 2017. And in that game, Chris Boswell kicked six field goals. The week prior, he had beaten Matt Moore at home. Casey, I'm not sure if you know this, but Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. As Rich Eisen said, we're out of our frickin' minds if we want to get rid of Tomlin. Nothing like being patronized for just expecting more from your football team. On Sunday, Steelers running back Jalen Warren said that they took the Cardinals lighter than we should have. Tomlin on Monday said, this is professional football. We don't take anyone lightly. Deontay Johnson on Tuesday said, I feel like we just took them lightly. <laughs> Not only do they have communication issues on the field, they can't even get it right off the field. They don't know who's on first. They don't know what's on second. But on third, they throw short of the sticks. <laughs> oh, Casey, yeah. this is a mess right now. But you know as well as I do that I won't stop watching. Bring on the rain delays. 
The Steelers are my favorite mistake. Ryan, thanks again for writing to us, making its debut on American Top 40 this week at number 23. Here's Cheryl Crow with my favorite mistake. Wow. (laughs) Cheryl Crow, wow. I did not see that coming. Outstanding. Oh, uh, man. Uh, thanks so much to everybody who joined us on the short week. It is a Tuesday, and we still had most of our regular crowd here. So thank you, guys. We love you. You're awesome. Uh, shout out to Melvin. Safe travels, Melvin, as you go to the other side of the world. And uh, hopefully you'll be able to see the game while you're shopping and stuff in those big malls there. Uh, make sure you check out the site, stillcityblitz.com. Of course, we're all over uh, social media and everything else, too. And Hey, you know what? Let's just see what happens. Maybe the Steelers can pull it off, get this, this ship righted, but who the hell knows? And, hey, go Steelers. Real quick Ravens before we suck. go. Sorry. Yes. Uh, it's, uh, it's, sorry, guys. It's it's uh, state championship week for high school football in, oh. Western, in uh, Pennsylvania. Western Pennsylvania's got six teams in right. the state championship games, and there's only six classifications. So I'm wearing my Whippeal versus All Yin shirt um, tonight for the show. So go Western Pennsylvania teams. Check out my Whippeal Blitz podcast uh, that previewed the state championship games. Look at this guy. Keep it going. Self-promotion. And All right. All right. hey, go Steelers. Yeah, go Steelers. Ravens suck. There we go. Ravens suck. Right, Shut the fuck up. <laughs> We did it. <laughs> God damn it.